Welcome to the Nativist Podcast. We tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level, cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And one of our guests today is one of the coolest chicks that I know. We click on so many levels, and you will hear when we get talking. She's just a cool person and a good person. And I am so jazzed to really dig into our conversation. Paris Hodges, what's up? Oh, Whitney, you're so sweet. I love you. I didn't even <laughs> that intro. You, you are the sweetest soul. Thank um, you. And I, I align with that so much um, and feel so deeply the same. But thank you. thank you so much for having me on. I feel <gasps> yeah. so, so honored. Thank you for coming on. So, will you give us a little bit of a background about you? Tell us about you. Yes, of course. Um, well, like husband said, I am Paris Hodges. I was born and raised um, in Hayward, California, which is nestled nicely uh, right in the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I, Hayward is actually one of the number four most diverse cities in the entire nation and I might be wrong on that that's straight from memory but it's somewhere up there not like the most um actually and I don't know what it is about Hayward exactly and if it's just landmass size as well that kind of lends to this but um when people are migrating into America a lot of people come to Hayward so I grew up uh I'm a full product of my environment and was immersed constantly around individuals from totally different backgrounds. So I grew up with a really, really open mind um, and understanding that you couldn't pigeonhole every person that you met just by their looks because there was always more behind it. And so that was reiterated to me constantly because I grew up with so many people that had, whose families that had migrated here and they were either from like, you quickly grew up knowing that you couldn't call every Latino or Latina that you met like Mexican because you'd quickly be corrected oh, yeah. as oh, to yeah. exactly of their origin um, to which they came from, which is completely fair. And I wish everybody sure, <laughs> experienced yeah. this. And and I was a little the little white girl who grew up doing bilar folklorico and which is Mexican dancing and um, also speaking Spanish on the soccer field and in a really unique setting here in Hayward, grew up very much a minority my entire life. I was surrounded by people who looked nothing like me and had um, cultural, you know, family traditions that were unlike mine. And our school not only taught us this but also celebrated it which was unique and beautiful and that was like from you know kindergarten on up yeah so I was really lucky in that sense um I grew up an athlete my father coached my soccer team as well as my mom and I ran and my ticket 
I knew that my ticket out was going to be through athletics, plain and simply. Yeah. Um, and so I worked my butt off um, in high school, unfortunately, like in a detrimental way, post high school, because leaving high school was such a change for me and I didn't want to leave high school to be very honest and I went to a junior college and my parents had told us all that the only way that we could go out of state or even like live away from home it had to be on a full ride scholarship so I worked my butt off in um, track and cross country and I played one year of college soccer and ended up getting a full ride scholarship down to the University of Southern Mississippi where I was for like two and a half years I believe it was and then I transferred and finished at Idaho State which is where like our paths kind of yeah we never got to actually meet in real life so I don't doubt that like at some point in time we've probably like seen each other had to have yeah I'm sure at some bar down in Good old yes, you know what happened at some point. <laughs> Little did we know. And I wish yes. we would have known at the time, but we're making no, up for really. lost time. <laughs> exactly. And I'm very thankful for that. Me but too. I, and I was there in, in Pocatello for quite a while. I think it was three years. And then I knew that I always wanted to come back home after being, and I don't mean this in any sort of bad way, but I feel, I was like, yeah, I've, I've already lived in all the armpits of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But, no, I hold those times with like deep, deep reverence. And I'm so grateful because so many of my best friends um, that I still am so close with came from my time at either one of those schools. And there was such important lessons woven in um, to my time there. And so, yeah, now I, I'm i back home. I've been here for probably, like, 10 years or something like that. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Anymore. It's, it's been a while. And since then, um, I had started Nail Polish Company, one of my best friends, which was a really fun and exciting time. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We figured it out. Which is so impressive. Cool. Yeah, because you got into the chemistry of it. You really dug deep yeah. with no foundation. I mean, we, yeah. No no background in it. I was a kinesiology major. We had jokingly like talked about, like, we're going to have to find a biochemist because it was, it was like a long-running joke. At one period of time, I was engaged to a Canadian hockey player, and I spent a lot of time in the Seattle airport, like on trips up to Edmonton. Yeah. And that's when I discovered Butter London Nail Polish in their flagship store at the airport. And that love of nail polish that was then reignited through that flagship um, is what kind of helped lead my best friend Kiri and I to start um, the nail polish line and it was just a lot of like blind ambition and speaking things into existence good for you guys and actually doing (laughs) it yeah it was it was really weird at the time and every time something would happen we 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 were like two like little girls I would get so excited be like oh my goodness (laughs) Kiri can you believe this this is actually happening like our first like email from um, like refinery 29 wanting to feature our, our stuff and then like the next email that came in like from macy's wanting us to come in and host an in-store event for fashion night out like it felt like we were just like riding a dream but it was such a great great time um and i was working multiple different jobs like constantly learning and growing 
uh, it's a time that, again, I look back with deep reverence and I'm very thankful for, but it was, you know, when I was in it, I did, I wasn't nearly as grateful for it. I don't want to say that. I definitely held myself back in so many ways. Um, and I didn't, I think because we had to be so scrappy and resourceful because we, so we worked at a chiropractic office together and literally all of our paychecks or like money that we would even have coming in from people buying our nail polish was all being circulated right back in. And, And so I think that that story that I constantly was telling myself of like, we don't know what we're doing came to kind of backfire you know in many ways and I I, this has been a constant trend throughout like my life the more that I've like come to like really sit in it especially lately yeah Um, because after that all I like we consulted on a nail startup in San Francisco and then went on to um I had some friends approach me about helping them open a retail store and I did that and that story again was reiterated. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We don't have a background in this. And I, I come to kind of sit and like reflect on that time period a little bit and be like, man, I wonder what, what more we could have been had we not been telling ourselves that we weren't worthy of it. Right, I think that right. that's like the deeper message behind it because it's not, it's not, it's more than, we don't know what we're doing. It's almost like a feeling of unworthiness. Yeah, absolutely. I think really, sure. Like, as I'm talking through it now, I'm going to that aha moment of like, oh, that's so real. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Those stories that you tell yourself and the ways that they kind of play out throughout your life. And I'm, uh, you know, a bit more about like me and some of our conversations recently of um, where I am currently in my giant metamorphosis of this human experience. Yes, yes, girl, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, to kind of like speed up some of this story, I then ended up leaving the store, um, had a brief period as a peer bar instructor, um, where, which I jumped into wanting to, host free classes for low-income moms because Mm. I think that it's such a it's so sad that it is a luxury yeah um that and it's such an investment to take care of yourself which should be something that is accessible to all to all so that's what I'm really stepping into currently and like I spent time in digital marketing in many capacities and then just really 2019 was like my soul rectifying year and um God didn't just in spirit universe whatever uh you align with um didn't just bring me to my knees I was like steamrolled (laughs) (laughs) Like in so oh, many ways, yes. I started 2019 finding out that I had the beginning stages of cervical cancer. Oh man! Um, while I was on my way down to a conference, I ended up leaving the job that I was at after like a really long internal battle, as well as like company wide battle a little bit, and then went over and started working in what ended up being for me personally a very like detrimental um 
unhealthy environment for me. And, um, and then I was just like, so lost and I didn't know what the hell to do next. And luckily I took a call with a clarity coach, um, just in this place of confusion, just because I felt so deeply at my core that I had been created to serve. And this is something that I've known since I was a child. Um, like I was the little girl who on Christmas would, write my letters to Santa asking for, um, world peace yeah. and getting so nervous and hiding it. Um, so as well beautiful. as like, I've always just had ideas. Like when I graduated from college and I moved home, I would literally cry myself to sleep at night. Um, wanting to figure out what to do, but nothing feeling like it was right in my soul in the sense that like, I just wanted to do good in the world and nothing felt like that I wasn't and I don't know if this is like my own like issues or stories around like money but like money was never that hunt for more money was never deeply felt in me in that sense of like I just wanted like more 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 I've only ever wanted money to be able to give it away to others and like to serve others. And so like, I wanted to find a company that allowed me the ability to, that was like actually doing good in the world. And that's really hard to find. Yeah, it is. It is. And Um, I don't know if it was also like my soul, like feeling deeper about like unhealthy environments too. Yeah, Yeah. So, but that call with the clarity coach helped really reignite my, um, healing and transformation process which I've been walking on I'd had an eating disorder for 12 years which is like was a you know a blessing in many ways and I want to be very careful in how I say that because I'm not like encouraging like such a terrible detrimental behavior but it's something that I don't view with like deep shame and can truly understand the core root of like for me personally in the sense that like my need for challenge and that like chaos and like control and deeper seeking connection did help land me in so many beautiful places that I had to go um in order to be where I am now and which is like a like an actual although I I don't know if I'll ever be like wholly whole like myself but I'm such a better version of myself so I'd had an eating disorder for 12 years and there were a lot of like beautiful gifts within that and not trying to like, you know, support or say like that's something people need to do. And I need, like, I'm very careful in how like I word that for me personally, um, that did help, you know, guide my way forward, um, in so many different capacities that, you know, I am really thankful for Um, And in, in a conversation we had had before too, you had brought up like, wow, you're so disciplined. And I suddenly, I, I really sat in that for a while, like, (laughs) because I never considered myself disciplined, but you know, like I was. Oh, absolutely. You were to achieve the (laughs) height that you did. All of my shit. (laughs) You are such a disciplined person. Yeah. To achieve all that you did with your sports and getting to where you wanted to go with those and to be the high performer that you are now. You just listed your resume and you haven't even dug into the more recent stuff too yeah. with the nonprofit and you are a high performer and oh, that comes with so discipline. Sh- that comes via discipline. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you 
acknowledging and calling that out because it was kind of like a really big aha moment because my entire life, like with the eating disorder and like my own, um, you misfunctioning around money, I guess that would be the best way for me to describe it. Um, I would always say that I I didn't have self-control, but it's funny when you come to like see the positive in it or I guess reframing it almost I guess would be the better way of of saying it in that like I was actually fully committed to all of my bullshit (laughs) (laughs) and I, I like um but I was also committed to that story that I wasn't that I didn't have discipline um, it's so interesting, like when you start to see that, like almost juxtaposition. Yeah, of those two ideas. definitely. Like, I I actually have been disciplined. This yeah, and it's so like the power that that holds. It's um, it's so fascinating. It really know, is. Really interesting. It really, <laughs> really is. And like you said, stories, and that just ties in everything that you were talking about with stories and discipline. The stories that we tell ourselves affect how we see the world, how we move in the world, how we perceive others, how we perceive ourselves that can broaden our horizons, restrict our horizons. That holds so much power in our stories. And you and I have talked in the past. Yeah. And you and I have talked in the past about the importance of leveling with yourself and being subjective with yourself. And calling yourself out when you need to, because that's true self-love when you don't let yourself exist in a self-limiting space or don't let yourself exist and perpetuate toxic traits that you might have or unuseful stories that that you tell yourself. Of of the true self-love. The true self-love is like being aware enough to lift kind of that veil of victimization because I think there's a lot of people and I've I've done this so I speak from personal experience. Sure, me too. You sit in that place of like empowerment but still a victim where you start to like see everybody else's shit. Yes. But you're not taking the big look in the mirror. Yes. And then when you like the true self love comes from self inquiry and understanding and that's the not keeping yourself in your shit I guess realistically exactly asking yourself like why like why why am I feeling this way yes from whatever this other person is projecting because like no matter what like we can't control anybody else like even as compassionate and kind and understanding and no matter if we can see that bigger picture of like this person is projecting right now right but why am I being triggered exactly the bottom line no matter exactly what, that is true self-love yeah you bring up such a beautiful point in that and I like I love that because it's also then you're able to be safe within yourself and that's yes. where true healing happens is Ooh, when you feel yes. safe absolutely is, and that's like that's your root chakra, and that is like your first seed. <laughs> I'm learning currently so much about Kundalini and how, as a kinesiology major, I was already um, aligned with understanding how interconnected the human body is. But now I've just had it like taken up level by level of yes. really understanding things, even like. Um, the feminine energy in your body and the like masculine energy and how interconnected those are and like where safety points are. 
but it's so true when you allow yourself to show up authentically within yourself, but then don't just empower yourself in disempowering ways. Like in that negative, in that victim story too. It's so vital to call yourself out on like, why are you feeling this way? Like, and not even just like calling yourself out because I think that can create like tension and friction and allow like force people to put their walls up um, to that inquiry. But in self inquiry is paramount in growth no matter what and like it's something that I've really come I've always felt deeply within myself I just didn't know I think you how to utilize in the most appropriate sense and now as I'm peeling back more of those layers I've really come to find safety and true love and it's helping me stand fully and firmly in my true self which is like the most amazing gift that you can give yourself And it all goes back to true love, true love of self. Yes. And yeah, like we said, recognizing your issues, your insecurities, your toxicities, your areas for healing and growth. That's just the first step. That's the surface level. You got to dig down if you're going to progress and truly heal and evolve and grow. You have to level with yourself and do that with grace and compassion and love. Sometimes that needs to be tough love. And like you said, true self-love is not letting yourself stay in that space. And just like if you recognize a toxicity, like if your friend is struggling with an issue and or you need to have a hard conversation with them, true friendship and true love for that person is prioritizing their ultimate welfare over your current comfort. Even if it might... Mm compromise the friendship you care more about them and know that they need to hear a certain truth because you care about them more than your current comfort and if it feels awkward or uncomfortable for you you care more about yeah their well-being I've definitely been sitting in that place a lot lately and I know you and I had a conversation about it about like a situation that I had like had an uncomfortable conversation with a good friend of mine and um I'm finding about myself that I get uncomfortable when I see other people sitting in their shit and I'm trying to understand why I have a difficult time allowing others like I'm just like a constant I'm a life enthusiast and Uh an encourager and Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be triggering to other people I've come to realize can be triggering to other people and the my way of showing that that love unfortunately can cause people to put their their walls up which I totally understand I like I see it like I understand why one would have that perspective from the way that I'm delivering my message and I'm trying to underdo that that deep inquiry of like Paris why are you sitting why are you so uncomfortable with this like how can you show up and authentically hold space for another like in their suffering but then also kind of help like how can I trigger inquiry in somebody else you know to deeper ask questions I think is like where I'm coming to realize how to be like a really good friend yes in those uncomfortable conversations and that and hold space for them like you said a safe space of non-judgment yes yeah yeah, and so it's it's been interesting because I think, you know, that's that, that place of, like, disempowerment, too, of, like, the I'm going to point out what everybody else is doing wrong. And this is, like, I've always been a fixer my entire life, which has been great 
it's been great in many ways. It's allowed me and helped push me to build many businesses and then also step into different businesses and roles where I like essentially became like the CEO of companies because I was like such a fixer and trying to figure out like problems. However, I know that it can, I used it on myself in ways that weren't positively affecting my growth by needing to fix everybody else around me. And so I'm trying to learn how to frame questions appropriately to others and know when is my place to step in and when it's not. And as well as like being able to, to hold the mirror essentially for, for my friends and from a place of love that comes, you know, to help people, see the good in them and speaking of holding a mirror also that involves not taking it personal when people project onto you I mean we do our best to not intentionally trigger people but if we do not taking it personal know that you're coming from love know that sometimes people's nerves get triggered they get defensive and so it's understanding that having empathy for that not getting upset detaching yourself from those reactions again intentionally doing your best to do right by others and come from love and show your love but understand sometimes you're going to trigger others and it's not you it's them and that's why it's important that when you do get triggered yourself you focus on why do you feel triggered why do I feel triggered why is this situation bothering me why is this person bothering me And really digging into that and figuring that out and recognizing that those triggering moments are great because they help you evolve past where you are and they can prompt healing and growth if you take responsibility and accountability of your healing and your growth. And even if you're dealt a crappy hand in life and your wounds and your trauma aren't your fault, your healing is and it's really taking responsibility and accountability for your healing. And that no, can be really, really hard. To that. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much yes. And, I, and like, I acknowledge you for all of the healing you've done on yourself that Thank then you. allows, like, both conversations like this to happen and then, yeah. like, so much more healing to happen within the world. Yeah. Because it is so vital. Like, we are the soul. We are solely responsible for our own healing. And that was something that I really had to realize over the years. It was about three a little over three years ago is what triggered my whole like intro into personal development and growth mindset. Um, because I was in that fixed mindset of feeling stuck, I think in life, but knowing that I needed more and I needed to grow because I didn't want to continue to feel that way. And what it was, was like, I needed to heal. I knew I was about to turn 30 and I no longer wanted to be, um, a prisoner to this like eating disorder and I started like pulling back those onion layers um, of it all and starting to realize well what it was was I went on a date with a guy and he had Asperger's and if you're not familiar with Asperger's like it's such a beautiful gift yes I think so too yeah like in their ability like they don't read human emotion the same way. And so they're able to be a lot more forthcoming and upfront and direct with you. And this guy said to me, he was one of the very first people in my entire life. I remember this, this moment so clearly he looked me dead in the eye and said, stop 
victimizing yourself. Wow. You are the one holding yourself back. And I was like, but I was actually in a place of, and I've always been in a place like this, like even with that clarity coach that mm -hmm. like triggered me, my immense transformation to where I am currently of telling me that I needed to get into a 12 step program, which like, thank goodness she told me that. But like, I've, I've always been open to feedback in those, in those ways, especially when delivered from people that aren't in my like very, very close corners. That counts um, for a lot. And that's very, very impressive. So good for you. Oh, well, thank you. It's definitely been an ongoing, like of not being, learning to not be defensive yes. to that. Yes. Yes. And also understanding who's information to take yes um, yes like there are messages in just about everything that you receive or in everything you receive um however I think like how you ingest it is incredibly important and so I've been able over the years through an awful lot of practice and an awful lot of failure in it um learn how, learn how to but so he was the first person, but then not only did he deliver that message, but then he handed me my first personal development book, wow. um, which was a book by Steve Chandler. And it's called like the story of you or like rewriting your story. I, it's something along those lines. I don't remember right off the top of my head, but it was a great book. And then he also gave me the book, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yes. And that is also an amazing book I highly recommend the audio version of it it is awesome um but that definitely like triggered it and got me to understand that nobody else was going to do the work for me yes. and I think that it's really important for us as humans to understand nobody else is going to do the work for you but you're also not responsible to do anybody else's work what you are responsible for and it's funny it's that there's that quote that we've heard our entire lives of be the change that you want to see in the world. But how often do we actually like sit in that space and like realize I've really come to understand, especially in the, the places that I'm putting myself in currently that I can only control me and yes. I can only control what I can control. And if I'm not healed, then I don't, I can't expect anybody else around me to be healed. And I have to hold space for myself and heal. Like I'm responsible for healing me. And that's all I can control. That's like, all you can control. And that's your responsibility. Yeah. So it doesn't bleed onto others. And that should be our focus is our healing. Yeah. Is us. Yes. Is us. Because then it also, I've come to realize, and this is a true, true, true gift in this period of time, because I've shared very openly about my healing and transformation. Um, I'm today 85 days sober, which is also like, Yay. there's so many more pieces to that. All. Like, yeah. um, that it was never about alcohol. It was never about an eating disorder. It's never about like spending money and like buying things and filling my life with like a lot of crap that I didn't need. And yeah. it was never about like terrible relationships or toxic relationships. It was never about those things. It was this deep seeking need for connection yeah it was also like there was a lot of trauma within myself and like sure. if you subscribe to the belief of gene keys and you know um generational trauma that's passed down and mm -hmm. all of all of that like there was a lot of like me working through those shadow times of my life and um it, and I've come to understand 
so much more about them and what they all meant. And so, like, I would almost call it, like, I'm 85 Days Awakened. Like, it would be I like better that description. Reframe, because, like, yeah. it's more than just, like, me being sober. And this is going to be a potentially um, unpopular opinion. I don't actually subscribe to the belief that it's a disease of addiction. And I don't like that wording for the reason that I think that it's pre- it causes people to remain victims to something that has a bigger underlying problem and it's a deeper need for connection. And I think that like I value and I'm so appreciative of what AA gifted me in helping me continue to reframe my stories and like, you know, heal myself. However, I think that, and this is just my opinion and my perspective, my experience is that I continue to see people still sitting in that like really shitty place that I hope they understand the power that they have within themselves. And like, there is to me, I fully believe in like spirit and universe and God and like all of that, you know, but I don't like, this is a nervous one. This is the first time like actually sharing this out loud. Thank you for sharing this. um, I don't, I don't love calling thing calling it a disease because I want people to feel empowered. And that is like where things, that is the major shift, you know, for me in personal development, personal growth and understanding what it is that you have control of. I, for me, it was, I had had many conversations around even alcohol. I knew alcohol was not serving my highest good. In fact, I had literally said that multiple times to friends and you know my my best friend Kiri was one of probably the most loving humans during that period of time where she was like yeah like I don't think it really is like honoring your highest good either um and when I would then end up waking up and being like having anxiety uh, (laughs) as I would refer to it she was like I just don't want you to be a hypocrite and I was like oh that's actually really like valid that's and a good friend I mean, yeah of, yeah oh gosh I'm beyond grateful for the <laughs> human that she's been in my life but you know I so I've been I was in AA like constantly and you know and I'm again like very close with my um the people that I've met during that period of time my sponsor there we go I couldn't remember the <laughs> I'm still very close with my sponsor, but my healing journey has taken me on to like Kundalini where I feel very called at the moment in time. And it's helped me heal so much trauma that my body's held on to more importantly, and my mind's held on to. And finally, for the first time in my life, finding something where I'm able to actually meditate and like just release because for the longest time and part of why I would ever like drink or like, you know, try and, um, control my body was, I always felt like I had five hamsters on wheels inside of my head, generating like so many ideas, which is also why I took that call with that clarity coach to be like, I have all of these ideas and I don't know which one to go, which direction to go in. Yes. I feel you. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like overwhelming, It is, you know, and I don't think unless somebody else has that gift of like constant generation of, of ideas, um, they don't firmly understand, but it was interesting. Cause like 
I always used to say I would do all of my creative thinking when I was running and it was like getting oxygen into my brain and being able to think situations through or just being gifted like new ideas that would come to me when I would be on runs. But that was like what I then, when I wasn't prioritizing that time is why I would turn to like alcohol to then help generate ideas because it got me to turn part of my brain off for a brief period of time but then you like can then continue drinking and like not be able to turn yeah then it just became like fun and I was like I'm not gonna lie I was a, I was a great ball of fun <laughs> I believe it <laughs> so, <laughs> I would tell you like yeah if you go out for one drink with Paris you're not coming back till like 4 a.m because you'll meet like five totally random humans <laughs> and go on like a really weird adventure like because that's that's just what I did. I yeah, like, yeah. I've always been a connection seeker. Um, but, you know, going back to that whole idea of like diseases, like I don't feel disempowered by the path that I've walked. Most, most importantly, that's probably the best way to, for me to phrase it. I don't feel disempowered by the things that I allowed myself to do when I just wasn't awakened. Yeah. And I don't want to be that story also. Like, although I, you know, there was a period of my life where, you know, alcohol didn't serve me. And though I am an addict to the human experience, I'm in active recovery of the human experience, probably more importantly. But, you know, I'm not a victim of it is that is probably like the one thing that I would love to give to anybody walking through their own like healing process is that that idea that like you hold the power and you aren't your story it all goes back to that story and like I decided I yeah I wasn't going to be that story and that's something that like I've really come to stand in especially currently um but man it's something that I'm really grateful for I'm so grateful for the places that it led me and all of the friendships that I made and the th- the lessons that I've learned too, more importantly, because I think there's so much shame associated around that feeling of ickiness. Yeah. Um, but like, gosh, I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't yes. be having this conversation. Exactly. Be like stuck so much in my shit. And like, gosh, I'm so, I, it's something that I've really, gone back and forth about a lot lately of like it's a lot to take on when you know what it is that you have to become to get to the other side yes and it can be overwhelming it's like right before you're about to go hike Kilimanjaro or like Everest it's like you're about ready to summit Everest and you're like oh gosh this is going to be an interesting experience um and you know what it's going to take you to become to get to that top of that mountain and submit it. And so I've definitely been sitting in this place because I'm in this deep, deep transformation and deep, deep healing. Uh, However, like as much as I want to be there, you know, and it goes back, like you booked the plane ticket, you are there ready to summit. And you know that you want to be doing this. You trained for it for so long. But you know what it's going to take for you to become, and you know how how challenging it can be. And I don't love that word challenging much anymore, too, because challenges can be so subjective um, and negative as well. But, like, it's going to be quite an experience. But 
you also know that you're never going to be the same. And I think making peace with letting that part of you die, um, which is why I think the metamorphosis is so beautiful to classify this time of because like caterpillars literally die and then use those dead cells to transform into a butterfly. And so that's really what I feel like I'm walking into right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, life has been interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. And like you said, it is about extracting the value from every opportunity and moments that you come across, even the quote unquote negative moments and challenges and seeing the value and the opportunity for growth and for evolution and for leveling up and everything has value in it. And it's recognizing that and again, extracting it and it's growth opportunity to level up and help us realize our potential and get us to where we want to be and where we need to be. It's so true. If you do shadow work, it doesn't have to be miserable. It doesn't have to make you suffer. It can actually be an enjoyable experience. Sure, there may be challenges there, but like you said, you can reframe it and reframing it can make all of the difference and recognize your power in this situation and commit yourself to where you want to be and that summit so to speak, Mm. and knowing where you want to be and what you need to do to get there and how important it is and how much better you will feel. And again, you can actually have fun on the ride. It doesn't have to be awful. It doesn't have to be hard. I think that's the most important thing. Life doesn't have to be hard. It can be really amazing if you're open to it. One of my friends said that to me recently, and I love that quote, that like life can be amazing if you're open to it. And nothing has to be hard. Nothing has to be hard. I've start. I've actually this past week. I've been intentional in making sure that I no longer say the word hard when I talk about situations. It's just not easy. But also, easy is also a super subjective thing, uh, like statement and qualifier to any situation. So even not trying to, and I think it's too outcome based as well. So I've been trying to be like very neutral in my words because they hold so much weight. Like your words, they call it spelling because you're literally casting a spell, which is another little buzz term. Um, But I've tried to be very intentional in that. And I think, you know, you bring up so many beautiful points, bringing together everything that I shared of like, it it doesn't have to suck. It doesn't have to suck. It doesn't have to be hard. It really doesn't. I've been doing those 4 a.m. sadhanas um, lately, and my even I have an internal struggle every day because, to be honest, when I get there and I do it, I feel amazing. But it's almost like my body wants to not rewire itself; it, like it wants to sit in that place of suck. Yes. And it's, yes. And it doesn't have to be hard. Like waking up at 3 a.m doesn't have to be hard and it's it's interesting where I feel like I've been so I've allowed myself to be so conditioned to things needing to be hard that like I'm like trying to shake myself out of that fog of like this doesn't have to be hard this can all be really great and be really beautiful and I think that that goes for any growth kind of like you were sharing too like we are responsible to do the work on ourselves. We are responsible in how we show up in this world and we are responsible for what it's like our energy that we bring into spaces, but it doesn't have to be hard. 
like bottom line and it can all be a really beautiful thing if we teach ourselves enough and practice seeing the beautiful in everything like there's a lot of beauty even in the death of the, the caterpillar because it becomes a butterfly and you don't know until you get through it but we allow these fear-based stories to not see that metamorphosis and that can be translated in so many different ways if you think about it too from that caterpillar to butterfly standpoint if the caterpillar just sat like in its cocoon and was like i don't want to come out of here like I'm too scared. I don't like, I'm dying. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> like it would, we would never see the butterfly, but it takes that. They're literally called imaginary cells. I believe is how it grows its wings. And this is all from memory. So I might be saying this completely wrong, but like, so not only does a caterpillar pretty much die completely, then use those cells to become a butterfly but then it uses these imaginary cells to have these wings that come out of its body like it's so mind-blowing but it's so like it's such a beautiful description of the human experience and walking through your own personal awakening um because like you have to get out of your fear-based stories because if we don't then we don't get to the other side. We don't get to summit Everest. We don't get to become a butterfly. Like we don't, we don't see the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because we're telling ourselves all the reasons why it's hard, why it's challenging, why you, you have to struggle. Um, and so it's, it's sad. It's sad in many ways, but it also can be really beautiful. Right, and I think even it can be hard. I think hard and challenging don't have to equate with miserable. And so oh, yes. like an yes. example is when I did my last round of language training, it was challenging and it was hard, but I loved it. And yeah. I completely relate to what you had said about waking up early and doing things that are otherwise perceived as negative and recognizing they don't have to be perceived as negative. I have the power to yeah. shift that perspective. We're so trained to perceive certain situations as negative and or we're in that habit ourselves because we perceive certain situations as negative or miserable. And we have the power to shift that at any point. And so that was such an aha moment when I recognized that. And then I thought, well, this could actually be good. And if not enjoyable, at least neutral, at the very least neutral. It doesn't yeah. have to suck and it doesn't have to be the miserable. Mindset. Yeah. And just kind of detached. And something that has also helped me too is just relaxing through things. Mm. So if there's an uncomfortable situation, if you're in extreme weather or you're at the gym really feeling the burn, I've taught myself to relax through it and that makes all of the difference. And then oh, that kind of sparks so joy. <laughs> Thank you. And I know that you can relate to that too. And again, like I relate to everything that you have said because we are definitely soul sisters. And yes. <laughs> you've captured everything so beautifully, it. how you articulated it. So well put on everything that you said. And again, oh, I know that we keep circling back to stories and highlighting the significance of stories in our life, but they really are so important. And being subjective with ourselves and identifying what stories we're telling ourselves and how they're serving us because they serve us in some way. That's why we have them. And we need to decide whether they're serving our soul 
or our ego and differentiate between Mm. those two. And like you and I have talked about in the past and like you had said how open you are to feedback and that's beautiful and that's powerful and that's essential because sometimes we need to enlist trusted others' help to help us see ourselves objectively and see our blind spots and where we can heal and grow and maybe where we're exercising toxic traits and toxicity and ways that we can evolve. And like you said, sometimes you have to recognize the source from where you're receiving that feedback. And sure, receive it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to use it to adjust your behavior or make any changes, but at least sit with it, receive it, see it for what it is, and then act accordingly. If it resonates with you, if you feel like you trust that source, maybe move forward with it. But I am in admiration of you and your openness to feedback because that can be really hard. It can be very, very hard. And it can definitely be difficult. It's definitely, yeah. it can be. Yeah. Um, and I think this goes back to like, it also doesn't have to be miserable. It too. doesn't. Um, but it's also, you need to understand how you're being experienced by other people. Yes. I had this conversation actually this morning um, with my Kundalini teacher. And we were talking about like the importance of understanding how people experience you. And again, it goes, you know, interweaving this all into understanding how, you know, doing the self-inquiry as well to your physical response as well as like, huh, I wonder why this is showing up for me. And then also like understanding where another person is too in their own growth and their own journey and their walk to why they're like, I think the statement of I can understand why you would perceive something like that is so important. (laughs) It needs to be like trained to us from childhood. I really Um, like that. Yeah. Because it also allows somebody else to feel heard and understood as well as then gives you space to do the, the self inquiry like that. You have to, like if you think that you are aligned to growth, in any way, shape, or form, you have to understand that you need to be open to feedback. But I think the tra- the proper training, though, of delivery, and it's something that I'm still actively working on, like, I am not perfect in this at all, um, is, you know, delivering feedback appropriately, and then also ingesting it, you know, doing the self-inquiry, trying to sit and meditate on things too is really important like everything doesn't have to be a knee-jerk reaction you can take a second to like you said breathe into spaces I love that so much I've I've been doing this a lot lately of like getting myself to just like breath work it's so important like it's something that I deeply wish that I had understood like I understood it at different points of my life without actually truly understanding it yes but now as I'm coming to like piece it all together and see the power that it holds like even for me like not allowing myself to get rushed or like you know exactly people like speed places and they're like rush rush rush, rush. but I'll take a second to be like exactly yes so important it It is and it's one of those things where you're like yeah I know it's important and you know typically we hear all growing up and through our lives how important it is 
yeah, we know it on some level, but do we know it, know it? And until, like you said, you really start practicing it and feeling its power and how transformative it can be and calming it and rejuvenating and grounding and all of those great things. Only until you start practicing it, do you feel the true power of it? And then you feel it in your body, how important and key it is. And yeah, absolutely. And I love how you were talking about perceptions and you and I have talked about detaching. So detaching from others' opinions, detaching from reactions, detaching from possessions. And a note in that vein, we can't control how other people perceive us and they're entitled to their perceptions of us. Mm-hmm. Just like totally. we're entitled to our perceptions of others, hopefully they're doing the work too and they're digging down and they're self-reflecting and they're exercising empathy towards us, towards themselves, sure. But when it comes down to it, we can't control how other people are taking us in. It's helpful for us to be yep. aware of it and yeah, we don't get to totally. decide whether or not that's valid because that's their perception, that's their control. Our control is what we do with it and how we move yeah. forward from that. Yeah. And yeah, you, just, you nailed it. You totally nailed it. Thank so you. Beautifully spoken. Thank yes. you. And yeah, like you said, um, like we talked about with breath work, it really helps you dial into your body. And that's my favorite way to tune in, see how different situations are showing up in my body, whether they're stressful or not, and just really sinking with my body and seeing if I'm feeling any stress or tension in my shoulders, if I'm feeling like my pulse is quickening, if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling calm, and then I can adjust accordingly. And I've really tried to focus lately on being present and in the moment. That can be challenging, but I feel like breath work really helps me. And you had suggested that really great idea of doing a bathroom breath work challenge and I love that so and I do that every day yeah when I go into the bathroom that's when I take a few breaths and dial in see how I'm feeling and I think we need to create this app yes this bathroom breath work app brilliant idea (laughs) brilliant idea so vital I sometimes wonder what the world would be if everyone take took more time to breathe into situations rather than becoming like overwhelmed by them because again that's like that overwhelm is you making yourself a victim to something that you are actually totally in control of yes Um, yep Yep. well understanding like there are uncontrollable like there are facts that exist but one fact that does exist is that you are in control of yourself you can co-create positivity in all experiences even those that are seemingly challenging or like negative um by like breathing into and surrender you know kind of circling back to the you were talking about like surrendering into situations as well it's like it's that yes surrendering into and breathing into situations and it's so powerful um and i know well it's a perfect place for us to kind of segue into like to kind of I know my life story has been like a little bit choppy, but where I am currently right now is that um, I'm working on a nonprofit with some friends from high school that I got reconnected with. And it's a beautiful, I've come to realize how beautiful the story is that like led us all back together. They're friends that I ran with in high school. They were a couple years older than I was and they played football as well. And I've had this idea of wanting to go into 
elementary, middle school, high school, like college, and even in the pros and working with athletes in that, like I did helping set them up with life skills so that they don't falter in that identity crisis that often occurs in the world when people leave a space that they have held an attachment to who they are. Um, and so we are, we've created a nonprofit called Life Ball, which stands for Leaders Inspiring Fortitude and Elevation Beyond All Life Lessons. And what we intend on doing and what we're doing currently um, is cultivating curriculum to give to these students um, to be able to like have more tools in their toolbox to handle the those things that you just don't know that are going to happen, the uncertainty of life and the unexpected parts of life and doing like breath work as well as like teaching meditation and then self-limiting beliefs. Um, and we're going to start going on like little speaking tours um, as well. And I'm really excited about it. It's like, it's amazing how I actually reached out to an influencer whose mastermind I had done and like spoke it all actually into existence. It's something that I had had on my mind for many years um, and finally like spoke it. And then how the universe and the providence that's occurred um, as, a res as a direct result has been like absolutely profound. And I'm so excited because, uh, you know, it's when we start to really heal ourselves, I think everybody wants to, and I've been guilty of this. I did this so much you just want to help everybody else. You want to serve everybody else. You want to heal everybody else. But until you really start to do your own own work so you can stand strongly on that foundation of like, this is who I was, this is what happened, and this is who I am now, um, is so important to, be actu to actually impact and affect anything at all. And then providing the tools as well is so important we can't just speak at people like that was the one thing that I really took away that was so profound about that guy that I had dated who had uh, who gifted me like my journey of self of personal growth was he didn't just tell me to stop being a victim he then handed me a book like yes later and so, yes you know we can't just speak at people even in those those spaces without like being ready I think that's the other part is you have to be ready to have solutions yes. and not just like willy nilly, like, I think you should do this, like being authentic and like this resource worked for me and this might work for might. you. And also understanding that that might is very important. It <laughs> is. And it's not a universal solution and it's customized and understanding my journey isn't your journey. My experience isn't your experience. Oh, Here's a yes. tool that helped me. Yes. And it's yes. beautiful what you're doing. And I love your whole initiative oh, and your whole approach to life you. and how you're such an empowerer. I think that that's the theme of this oh. whole conversation that we've had today is empowerment. And you are such a facilitator and empowerer oh, of you. others. And the world is just so lucky to have you. I love hearing oh, about all that you've been so doing. Sweet. <laughs> I'm still uncomfortable with receiving feedback. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I appreciate that. And thank you. I feel so much the same i will say Thank also you. we started this has also been on my heart i've been doing an awful lot during this period of time and i've just been surrendering into not feeling overwhelmed 
by it yeah, all. Yeah. But I have it was started an online um, women's group. It's Good called the you. We Movement, and it's literally taking me and empowering uh, women. So it's a women empowerment movement, and it's to provide a safe space for women to share their stories and to feel uplifted because as you know like in having a podcast as well like there's so much power in hearing other people's story there's so much power in vulnerability there's so much power in showing up authentically and it's so necessary and so I still have so many other little things in the background that I'm like working on and doing but I'm really excited for, you know, just all of the shit that I've been through. Like, I am beyond grateful for this hellacious path that I've walked. Yeah. Like, to be back in, um, to be back in Ibiza escaping and sitting in the airport for 16 hours, just, like, crying my eyes out. Like, I would do life all over again to be in this exact place. And though I still don't have it all figured out, there's still a lot of, like, holes that I'm digging myself out of. There's still a lot of shit that I'm, like, leaning into I also wouldn't have it any other way like I am so grateful to be here and so thank you for that Whitney I appreciate you so much and thank Thank you for the work that you do and the way that you show up in this space in this world and I'm like so grateful that our paths came together oh so Um, grateful and you are such a superstar I mean you just keep offering more and more examples of how you're affecting and impacting the world for the better and so thank you for all the work that you do oh well thank you it's it seems like nothing like there's still like big dreams there's so big dreams. I want to do more. There's there's a that place of I guess I think what it is, and this is just coming to my mind. Like I'm still so uncomfortable with watching other people sit in their shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Feel yeah. So called. Yep. To serve to help. Yep. yep. And not in like in a like I need to fix everyone. It's like it's come from a place of love. Yeah, you come from a place of oh love. Oh gosh. Yeah. And that's yeah. very it's important. Just, I don't love watching everybody suffer. No. Especially when we don't have. Exactly. Like, most, like we do have tools that are free. Yes. Like that's the other thing. These tools are actually free. Yes. Like you doing breath work is free. free. You learning how to move your body is free. Yes. You like sitting down and becoming a better version of you is free. Like you have that power. It's so accessible. Cost. Yes. And it's with you at yes. all times. You can tap into that reserve. At any time. Yeah. And so that's, that is just what I feel very led to do. And I think that the more that we do it on ourselves and then just like authentically share it, the more that it has the opportunity to impact. And when you do it like from a place of not trying to impact too, I think there's a really interesting like shift in there a place that I had to realize like, like a, that I had to heal first and like, I have to be fully committed to my ultimate healing on a, as a daily practice um, is the only way that I can show up and hold space for others to yes, do the same and exactly. invite others to do the same. Yes. Really invite. I like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing everything that you've shared with us. You are just a phenomenal human being. I'm so honored oh, to know you. I'm you. so happy that you came on shared your wisdom of your course. insight thank you so much experiences for thank you and we tell people where they can find you please yes of course people can find me on my instagram account which is at paris p 
P-A-R-R-I-S, period Hodges. Um, and people can also reach out to me on Facebook. I'm more than happy to be a soundboard for anybody walking through any sort of um, addiction to the human experience in any way, shape, or form. Or if anybody has, like, ideas, um, you know, like, always here to help. If anybody just wants to give me a whole bunch of money, that also works. Like, <laughs> always. Just yes. Breathing that into, into I like it. Uh, um, but no, like, I am, I am a more than happy to be of service to anybody that feels um, that they just need somebody to listen or don't know how to find resources in their area. I've had many friends friends reach out and like ask how to start at AA or like any of their accompanying um, uh, facilities or, you know, like CODA or NA. Yeah. Um, just I'm more than happy to help um, anybody. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I will include her, well, her handles (laughs) in the show notes. And thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review.